This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. Welcome back to Drive the Lane on the Field of 68, presented by Bet Rivers. It is tournament time. The Buckeyes are in a 7-10 matchup with the favorites, Loyola of Chicago. And and we have a great guest on the show. We talk with Jim Root of the Three Man Weave podcast, also on the Field of 68. We talk about every Big Ten matchup, the spread, who he likes in those games, who we like in those games. But before we get to all that, we got to talk a little bit about our brackets. And of course, the Buckeyes. Joey, you're sitting in your house. You're watching Selection Sunday, and you see seven-seed Ohio State Buckeyes against 10-seed Loyola. What were your thoughts then? What are your thoughts now? What a great way to phrase that question, Andrew. It's, seriously. Um, my initial thought was, could we have gotten a tougher opponent in the first round? Um, Loyola Chicago is seasoned. They've done it before. They had a great year this year. They've got great players. They're well coached. They play in a tough conference. Could we, as a seven seed, got a worse mid-major matchup than Loyola Chicago? That's my first thought. My second thoughts, and now my thoughts, after getting numerous text messages saying, I can't wait to pick Loyola against OSU, going to work and being in the office and them saying the same things, um, talking with Jim Root, who you guys will hear from picking against them, seeing my uh, one of my favorite tick, uh, one of my favorite Twitter, Instagram follows Aaron Dolan talking about how she's good picking against Ohio State. Um, after hearing all that, I got one text that changed my mindset. And it was a text from my good friend, Alex Gruber. He went to Ohio State one of my good friends, but is a Notre Dame basketball fan, not really in Ohio. He likes Ohio State, but he's a Notre Dame guy, which is so weird. But anyway, he said, I love Ohio State against Loyola. I said, Alex Gruber, why do you love Ohio State so much against Loyola? And he laid out a few things that I couldn't agree more with. And now my thoughts are different. And we get into it with Jim, but I'm going to repeat it here in case you don't listen to the interview for whatever reason, that would be foolish. But a couple things. They've got a young coach who's never coached the NCAA tournament. Does that matter? Who knows? Do I want it to matter? Sure, I do. I think old Coach Holtman is a better coach than Drew Valentine at this point in his career. Drew Valentine could go on to be the next Tom Izzo for all I know. But he, um, right now, we have a coaching advantage. It's his first time in the NCAA tournament. He's a young guy. Granted, he comes from the Michigan State coaching tree. He's, he was one of the youngest assistants in, the, in college. He had an unbelievable year. Like, I don't think it's going to be a huge deal that he's young, but th- that's number one. Number two, and most importantly, Loyola does not rebound the ball well. Will we have Zed Key? Will we have Kyle Young? We're recording this on Monday. We don't know if we'll have these guys. You might be listening to this on Thursday, getting prepared for Ohio State's game on Friday. You might be listening to it Friday morning. We don't know if Zed Key or Kyle Young is playing right now. As it stands, it sure seems like Zed is going to give it a shot, fingers crossed, and Kyle, maybe not. Um, but all that to be said, losing two guys who are two of our best rebounders against a team that doesn't really rebound is, is good. That's, that's a good thing. Loyola is in the like high, high, high 200s, 290s in terms of their rebounding in the country, which means, hello, remember against Minnesota when we dominated them on the boards? Like that was great, and we won that game very, very easily, right? Um, I, I likened it to that sort of deal. So that's, that's, that's number two. And number three is – and three and four all combined together. 
Their pace is slow. I think that's good for Ohio State. Maybe Ohio State would like to be up and down, but like in terms of saving our legs and like what we are good at, I, I think a slow game is nice for Ohio State. I think like a grinded out game, except for then we'd have to get defensive stops, which we're just kind of struggling in. But that leads me to my next point. They don't have a guard that's like a bucket getter, back you down, take you off the dribble, post you up guy like we've struggled with in the past. They don't have a guy like that. Um, which is nice. So we shall see. Andrew, De- a.k.a. Devil's Advocate, what do you have? Devil's Advocate, a few things. One, unfortunately, Ohio State has played other teams where they don't, where they don't have a guard like that, and they emerge due to the defensive play of the Buckeyes. So I will play Devil's Advocate with that. The other thing I'll play Devil's Advocate about is, like, I wish Ohio State was – like the 10 seed or the lower seed or the higher seed. And everyone was like picking like no one trusts the Buckeyes, but like it's, it's such a weird situation where it's like, everyone's going against the power five great program. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like a normal, it's not like no one's believing in Vermont. Yeah. No, it's like, no one's believing in Ohio state, which is rightfully so also, I was I say this a little bit with Jim. We tried to make it short so I couldn't really finish what I was saying, but like a lot of people are focusing on the end of the season. Like there were other moments throughout the year. Of course every team loses games. But there were other, you know, moments throughout the year where we were like a little concerned. So it's not just the end of the season where which is what I was trying to say. Like it's not just the end of the season where you're like, what happened to this team? Like we were like there were moments throughout the year where we're concerned. Obviously the highs of beating Duke, like you were mentioning, beating Illinois, beating all those destroying Michigan State, Malachi's 35 against Nebraska or whatever it was. But like it's not like it's not like they were undefeated in the non-con and then they struck. Like, it was a weird up and down year. I'll say this. Not really a result in this game that, that's going to surprise me. If Malachi and EJ are just like, they just have it and they win by 15, wouldn't be surprised. If it's an Iowa-type game and they just don't really have it, they lose by seven. Like, there's nothing that could happen in this game that would surprise me. And the final thing I say before I throw it back over to you is, like, this is for sure EJ Liddell's last game if they lose. Like, it's not like Dwayne last year where all of a sudden he's shooting up, you know, big boards and stuff like that. Teams were going to sign him to camp deals no matter what. Like, this is for sure EJ Liddell's last game if they lose. And I think that matters to him. And I also think he's not going to really sit. Like, he might sit, but, like, it would have to be fouls or, like, a like – a, Ah, my shoulder's kind of hurting for a second or whatever. Like, he's not going to sit, especially missing guys where, like, you would probably sit him in the end of the regular season. You would sit him, you know, later in the Big Ten tournament if he has a couple. Like, EJ Odell is not going to sit. Malachi's probably not. Like, they're going to have the best players on the court the whole time. You say that with Jim, too. Yeah, I mean, that leads me to the last point I'll make before we throw it over to Jim. Um, I Ohio State has the two best players on the court, and that means something. In March especially, that means something. Who in the world is going to stop E.J. Liddell? I understand that they've got some guards on the perimeter, athletic long guards that can guard Malachi. Great. E.J. is head and shoulders above every single other player on that court. And in March, that, that means something. So we shall see what that brings. We're with everybody in the sense that we are excited, we are anxious, we are nervous to see what Ohio State does. Um, I, I – this 
Williams is dumb, but if they can beat Loyola and we look at Villanova as that second round game, like Holman owns Villanova. He's won three straight against them, getting back to the Butler days. Like, just saying, for whatever it's worth, like, just saying. Um, so, but we're not going to talk about that because that is so Well, what silly. I'm going to say is because of the timing of this and because of the season that Ohio State's had, let's not do that and you're agreeing with it, and let's maybe do a space Sunday morning before Ohio State's second-round game. I would love to do – I would love nothing more than to do a space, yeah. so I'm all for that. The last thing I'll say before we toss it to Jim, stay to the end of the episode. We'll give you guys some some of our tips and tricks on the bracket, what we who we like, who we don't, um, for whatever it's worth. Who cares? It doesn't even matter. You could just pick random teams. You'll probably do better than us. But figure we might as well give you guys who we like in the Final Four, who we like to win, and, and some upset picks. So, so stay for the end. But until then, enjoy this awesome interview with Jim. He was incredible. All right, join us now on Drive the Lane from the Three Man Weave podcast, also on the Field of 68. Little little crossover event here. Jim Root. Jim, welcome to the show. Appreciate you having me, boys. Uh, hopefully I won't make any enemies here if I uh I'm not the, the the biggest Ohio State cheerleader in the world. I grew up a Wisconsin fan, so I was always envious of the uh the football success that the Buckeyes had. You know, Jim, to be honest, we're used to it. So don't worry. Um, it's literally even our own fans don't like Ohio state this year. So, so we're very used to it. It's all good. I, I will say, um, I'll toot your horn for you before we kind of dive into this. If you're not following Jim and his whole team over at three man weave there, there's nobody better covering hoops. There really isn't. They get into your favorite team, your most hated team, everyone in the country, they go through the whole field. It's, Everything you love about the Field of 68 in one podcast, um, they're awesome. Make sure you give them a listen if you if you aren't listening to them already. Now that I've talked you up, do you feel worse about how you're going to talk about Ohio State? Uh, I'm not going to be that mean. Yeah, I'll, I'll sugarcoat it more. You, you've earned that. You've earned that. <laughs> so basically what we're thinking about doing with Jim is we're going to talk about a bunch of the Big Ten games, hear his takes on the lines, who he likes, who he doesn't like, and we'll get right into it. How about the play-in games, Rutgers and Notre Dame? Personally thought Rutgers was more deserving of, you know, not having to be in a play-in game. But when you see Rutgers, Notre Dame, Notre Dame is favorites, favored by one right now, depending where you're looking. We, of course, are looking on, on Bet Rivers. but Where else would you look? Come on. Of course. <laughs> what are your thoughts there? Uh, yeah, I, I like Rutgers. Um, I, I think they've shown a higher upside than Notre Dame. I, I was surprised by how much the committee beat the drum for them beating Kentucky at home when you can go down the bubble and a lot of other teams had a big neutral side or home win against somebody like Baylor or uh, Rutgers has beaten every Big Ten team. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with the Scarlet Knights there. I think their physicality kind of wears Notre Dame down throughout the game and, and they dominate the paint there. I think just holistically, the style of play difference, like what wins in the NCAA tournaments, like defense seems to win over good offense, right? It just kind of – that just seems what to happen. I, I love, Rutgers has an unbelievable coach, not that Mike Bray is, and we're a little bit biased with Rutgers, but like I just – Big Ten basketball, man. Like when these Power Five teams collide and it's up in the air about, hey, what's going on here? Like I always lean towards the Big Ten just because it's it's a man's – man league and it shows in March not not for them winning the championship but it shows up in the early rounds so that's yeah, yeah. last year was like the, the the cold streak for the Big Ten it wasn't the only one team making the second weekend was it was a disappointment but hopefully it trends back up this year and more from a also from a, a wider view I'm not I'm not too keen on a lot of the ACC squads so 
Yeah. Amen. Amen to that. I think moving on, Andrew, next one on the docket is Wyoming versus Indiana. I have some very, uh, I have some very uh, hard thoughts on this game and I'd like to hear what you think as well. Uh, I'm probably leaning towards Indiana. Uh, Wyoming has been a team I've enjoyed watching all season because of their style. They've got two guys that are just awesome one V one post players. And then they put a bunch of shooters around them. And I just, that that's like aesthetically pleasing to me. Some people don't like it cause they just sit there and back down and <laughs> it's not a ton of ball movement, but uh, I just like the, the setup of that, but in, Indiana's great post, like has great post defenders. Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson can stand up against EK, the Wyoming big guy. And then they post with their point guard a lot, Hunter Maldonado. And I think you can put Thompson on him. He's, he's mobile enough to stick with him. Maldonado can't shoot. So you don't have to worry about him chasing him around the perimeter. Uh, I think they have decent matchups for him. And Indiana playing really well. Xavier Johnson actually giving them quality point guard play. Uh, so I uh, have, to, have to lean towards the Hoosiers there. I, not and Andrew, I feel free to hop in too, but like, I feel like I, I, I want to hammer the Hoosiers. I don't know what it is now. It was three and a half when I looked last night. It's four, I think today. Um, I don't know, Andrew, if there's any update there, but um, I just think Indiana's playing the best basketball they've played all season. And, you know, they were so much more deserving than a lot of other teams in terms of in the play in game. I, I don't yeah. understand. Playing games my, crazy for them. My, my biggest gripe with the, you know, there's a lot of different things that the committee does incredibly well, right? They have a hard job, but the fact that they seems like they don't even factor in conference tournament play at all. And then also the fact that they have teams that earn the right to play in the tournament outright playing in these play in games. Uh, the, the combination of those two is so frustrating, but uh, Indiana playing in this playing game is hilarious. And I think they are the UCLA option this year in terms of playing games in general of they can win and get hot. They just proved that they can win and get hot. I haven't been an Indiana believer all year, not even close, but now that Xavier Johnson, like you said, is playing well, I, I, I love the Hoosiers here too, Andrew. I don't really have a, a pick one way or the other, but just a bracket question for you, Jim and Joey, you can, you can chime in too. When you're looking at your bracket, you're filling out your bracket. Do you wait until you see the result of the playing games to pick those games? Like I kind of am of the mindset, like if Rutgers or Notre Dame wins this game, they're, they're advancing just because like they got the momentum and all that. I don't do it every time, but I usually in my head, I'm like the winner of this specific game is going to advance. Yeah, I, I feel that way, but then I feel like I'm cheating if I didn't actually pick that game then. Like, well, I put Rutgers slash Notre Dame. I didn't actually pick the Rutgers versus Notre Dame game. Uh, just to, to your point, though, I think the more likely winner in the round of 64 is the Rutgers-Notre Dame one. Uh, I think Indiana and Wyoming are going to have trouble with St. Mary's. They're just – they're too well coached. I've seen them in person a bunch this year out, out in Vegas, and it's a tough team to deal with on a really short turnaround. All right, moving on, Michigan State and Davidson, a very interesting one. Where are you leaning? I'm, I'm going with Davidson, kind of trendy, I think. Uh, a lot of people are talking them up. They made the A-10 final. Uh, Michigan State kind of floundering a little late in the year. Tyson Walker got banged up in the, uh, the game against Purdue. I just the Davidson offensive execution is incredible. They've got shooters everywhere. Uh, the way that Jones and Lee can shoot off of screens, I think, is really tough to defend. And uh, the the Foster Lawyer thing is interesting. I can't slice it enough to make an angle one way or the other where it's like motivation for lawyer, but Izzo knows his game so well and how to game plan against him. Uh, I, I just think it's more about 
I, I love McKillop. I love the way they run offense. Uh, and Michigan State's not a team that has has impressed me of late down the stretch. Uh, two things quickly. Michigan State, I think they stink. But uh, granted, <laughs> I'm not in a position to really talk as an Ohio State fan. But I don't. I don't think Michigan State is awesome. I do think Davidson's awesome. And Foster's one of my good friends, so therefore I'm all aboard the Foster lawyer revenge train. Um, and I also think that McKillop has done it. He's done it well. He's a great coach, obviously. Um, like, there's something to be said about mid-majors are trendy. It's fun. Like you said, it's a trendy pick. But a mid-major team that has has done it with that coach and beaten really good teams, like, that, that is more of a formula for, for winning. So uh, I'm with you, which yes. is uh, poor Michigan State. <laughs> I, I kind of fall, you know, trap to I really do not like to bet against Izzo. And the reason being, if I bet against him, I know he's going to win. And if I bet in favor of him, I know that that's going to be the, the first round game he loses, you know, for however little times it's happened. And that may just because I took five games during conference tournaments and all five of them, the teams had 15 point leads and four of them lost in overtime. So maybe I'm just over overthinking everything, but I have a tough time, like forget everything, you know, and I have a tough time betting against Izzo, but moving forward, Purdue and Yale, big line, 15 and a half. I hate, hate, hate big lines in March madness. What do you think? And I know I cut out a little bit there. So what I said was I hate big lines in March. Tons of emphasis on the hate. That's yeah, what we it, it was funny. It was like emphasizing the hate. Yeah. It's like, he hates big lines. I get it. Um, this is one of the few big lines where I like the favorite. I, I think the uh, pretty much all the Ivy teams I thought were kind of drawn dead when they got to the tournament. And this is a pretty terrible matchup for them too. Uh, the, the interior is just going to be a bloodbath. They haven't really had big guys emerge. They've been a rotating cast of characters in the Yale front court and Purdue can just smash them there. And Azar Swain got them here with a bunch of really difficult jump shots against Princeton. Uh, I don't know if he'll be able to do that against a little higher caliber athlete. You just, you need a motivated Jaden Ivy to chase him around because I think he's the best defensive option on him, but I don't think what Yale was doing in the Ivy league is sustainable. They lost to Seton hall by like 30. I think that's a pretty good uh, proxy for what's going to happen here. I think it's a Purdue smash. I think the Purdue social media team is licking their lips, knowing that they can tweet. A bird just hit my window, everybody. That's live. <laughs> does, that mean we take, does that mean we take Yale? I don't know. I'm, I'm my hands are sweating from that. <laughs> Holy shit. Sorry. That is never. I'm not even that high up. A bird just freaking smashed. That's Sorry. not where I thought you were going with that sentence. I thought you were saying. I, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my I thought God. There was a bat in Woo. the room or something. But what oh I was God. saying, the producer social, <laughs> social media team is ready to tweet IV greater than IV. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> and if they're not, Andrew. Then the other way around, Yale, Ivy greater than Ivy. So either way, we're going to get some savage social media action. Moving on to Wisconsin and Colgate. Save your Colgate toothpaste jokes. We hear them every year. But <laughs> Wisconsin favored by seven and a half. Everyone says this. If John Davis doesn't play well, not only are they not going to cover, they're probably not even going to win. Where do you lean towards? sort of in that camp uh colgate i think their biggest disadvantage is athleticism and we saw it last year arkansas just wore them down in the second half despite a big colgate lead early they did not even cover the full game 
that's not really how I think of Wisconsin. Like they're not going to wear you down with athletes. They're just going to be disciplined and execute. And that's kind of right up Colgate's alley. I could see some skepticism there of like Wisconsin probably does it better than a Patriot league team does. Uh, and they have by far the best player. I don't know who's guarding Johnny Davis on this Colgate roster. There, there's no answers for that, but they can shoot the crap out of the ball. I think that keeps them close. They hit enough threes. They're, they're one of the top. I think they're second in the country in three-point percentage. Uh, I think that lets them hang around here against Wisconsin. All, all I have to add there is uh, I think that and it's funny that you kind of alluded to it. I think Wisconsin is, is just like the glorified version of the best Patriot League team that, <laughs> that can ever exist. Um and couple that with the fact that you've got a first team All-American on their team. That's scary for them. I think like it might, it almost would have been better if they played someone with like a different sort of style and feel, but at the same time, like Colgate is a trendy upset pick. And I don't see that as insane for picking Colgate to win this game. All that being said, like Wisconsin, they, they just win. Like, it's so weird. They just win. Um, It's it's in Milwaukee too. Yeah. Right. And it's hard. It's just hard to see, brad davison losing in like an upset fashion for his for his the end of his eighth year like it's just hard to see that <laughs> I, I do remember that wisconsin lost a 512 game to cornell and that felt like wisconsin is an ivy league team on steroids and yeah right and cornell took him to the woodshed a little bit a team that could shoot uh, like this cold game so yeah that's what i was gonna say too from our hometown basically there we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah so I, I could see that kind of repeating here. Wisconsin is is not like a monster analytically. So obviously the spread's not very big. If it's close though, you have to give the edge to Wisconsin. They've got a late game bucket maker. So Colgate I, needs to pull away if they're going to win. I think that game screams. If you take w- Wisconsin minus seven and a half, you're not covering, but Wisconsin's winning. Like that's almost like a guarantee in my eyes. And as yeah. I say that, of course, now Wisconsin will win by 30, but <laughs> moving on. Can you tell I haven't had a good few weeks? <laughs> no, I, I, I've, I've, I've been there. I've been there. You're just already reflexively preparing for the loss. Yeah. It's, yeah, you are. it's understandable. It's like a bird's about to hit your window. Every time you talk, <laughs> yeah. just, just preparing for it. <laughs> moving on. Iowa Richmond, Joey knows I've been, I mean, it's not like a big secret how good Keegan Murray is, but I've been texting Joey. Like, I think Keegan Murray's going to be a better pro than Paulo. I think he should be, you know, a top three pick. Like I am all in on Keegan Murray. So I think, you know, they cover against Richmond. They have no trouble really their first few games in the tournament. I'm, I'm freezing, but just so everybody knows I'm the one recording it so it'll sound fine on the uh actual episode <laughs> but i'm all in on iowa jim how about you yeah i i haven't been in the past but prior seasons have been skeptical of the defense and Franz never made a second weekend in however long he's been coaching 20 plus years but that's kind of one of those trends that's true until it isn't like tony bennett can't win in march is true until it isn't and uh, mark few can't make a final four then suddenly he does and then you have to just kind of reevaluate the narrative Looking at this team, I think there's reasons to believe that it's different. Uh, the way they can play the small ball stuff with the Murrays at the four and the five. It's it's a big spread from like a betting perspective. Ten points was a little bit surprising to me because Richmond has the offense to score against Iowa. But I'm I'm in on Iowa as a darling. I know they're getting picked a lot because of the the Big Ten run, but I get it. I, I'd see the appeal and and there's there's reasons to believe they can make that happen. We've been Iowa fans for a long time on this show for a number of different reasons. First off, Andrew has been 
Like I, like he said, he's been on Keegan Murray for a long time. He's also been on Iowa longer than anybody that I can think of in terms of like all right. He's, Andrew, Jordan, uh, he's been on he's been on Iowa a little longer. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but and also Bohannon is our guy, and he actually we were supposed to record with him before he played Ohio State. Um, it didn't work out for a because like the game got canceled and moved and like all this stuff. We didn't end up recording with him, but instead I said, Hey, can you send me a statement? Um, leading into the game that we can like tweet out and stuff. And it was basically like, I have all the respect in the world for Ohio state. Chris Holtman's the best. Like they have great players, great staff, but like, I fucking hope Joey Lane has the worst Saturday ever after we beat the <laughs> shit out of them in Columbus or something like that. So yeah, we like Bohan and we like Iowa. I, I think Iowa, they, they might struggle in the first game, but I think they're going to roll. Like I, I just, they just have like this weird vibe tournament like successful vibe with like superstar awesome guards deep team like like they're not gonna get tired like they people are like nervous that they'll be tired from the big 10 tournament like they go 10 deep like yeah. they're not tired i got a comparison there it feels a little like just just as you say that narrative feels like the auburn team that went to the final four 100%. almost lost to new mexico state in the first round and then they kind of rolled through like three straight blue bloods to get to the final four like that that's kind of what iowa could do here you think about you know iowa teams in the past and really all big 10 teams in the past you know it's just the year the big 10 is going to have a national champion but like usually the best player or scorer in the big 10 joey and i have talked about this a lot like all of a sudden they're scoring a ton but the last few years the leading scorer or player of the year is averaging like 17 18 and all of a sudden luca garza is scoring over 20 but like keegan murray is kind of guy you're down five points with a minute left, he can score anyway. And you can't leave Jordan Bohan and you can't leave McCaffrey. If, if Chris Murray's in, you can't like, it's, it's a matchup nightmare for everyone, which is why we have a ton of faith in them. But then moving on a team that, you know, I personally don't have a lot of faith in is Michigan. And they're playing Colorado state, a Colorado state team. Who's like ranked all year into the tournament. No problem. Two and a half, Michigan's the favorites. I was a little shocked by that. Where are your thoughts? Yeah, I was surprised by that too. Uh, I think this is a coin flip. So, like, if you're, if I'm getting two and a half and a coin flip, I'll take I'll take the underdog there with Colorado State. I don't have a strong opinion on who wins. That's just more a, a numerical value thing for me. Uh, I did a Colorado State podcast earlier today, uh, and so I was buttering up the Rams, uh, you know, pandering to the audience, of course. Uh, and I, I like the Colorado State. The, the one thing that's intriguing to me here is when, when the Rams go small and they play Roddy at the five, Against Dickinson, I think both teams can score like crazy. Like Dickinson's going to dominate in the posts, 92nd percentile or something per synergy in post scoring. And then Roddy can move him around in the perimeter, set ball screens and and make him try to move. And that's an issue too. So I, I kind of like a lot of points in this game because I think both teams can find ways to manipulate the other defense. I think if Phil Martelli coaches, they win. I think if John Howard coaches, they lose. Pretty shade. I love it. I love it. It's not shade. It's you said that you said the same thing before the Indiana game, like literally the same thing. I mean, just look at the recent. He's a better Phil Martelli is a better basketball coach than John Howard. (laughs) They have the same roster, but he's a better basketball coach. That's just John Howard is a better figurehead for a program because he's a great recruiter. And like, there's no. I'm not knocking him because I remember when he got hired. I was like, damn, that's really, really cool. 
and obviously I'm a Michigan hater. Like I'm not being around the bush about it, but like Phil Martelli is a better basketball coach. He's a better college basketball coach at least. So, I mean, maybe Juwan just sits out a couple rounds and like just learns a little bit from him and somebody on the, oh, uh, the Michigan staff is encouraging him to go take a swing at somebody else. <laughs> I mean, Holy moly. Don't it? We don't even need to. Need no, no, no. Yeah. That. Um, but I, I love Colorado state because I think that they have, they have mid-major teams that have dudes like there's a difference between having like getting, getting hot and making a run like Colorado state has dudes and they play in a tough, tough conference, a multiple bid conference. Like they are battle tested and Michigan is talk about floundering. They're, they're in a weird state. Like they're just weird. And I don't, it's not your, it's not your father's Michigan team. You know, they're, they're not as good as years past. So I don't know. I'm just a hater. I'll take, I'm going to take Colorado state money line anyway. So <laughs> what's, what's the record for least amount of wins going into the NCAA tournament, not counting like in the 1920s when they played eight games, like, do you know? I think it's, I think it is, it's probably 17. I, I know that I think three games over 500 is the, the, closest to 500 that an at-large team's ever gotten uh, there's only been like two or three in the past that have done it other than the COVID year when schedules were weird so it's it's rare that they got in and then of course they're above two other big 10 teams for the playing game which is a little surprising um i just another note on that i remember there was a vanderbilt team that had like no wins that got in but they yep. might have been playing game yeah i think they, they played like northwestern in the first round i want to say right in an eight nine exactly yep and i think that was weird because Vandy had like 16 wins, I think, like, or, or maybe like 18 wins. Michigan has less, but obviously they missed some COVID games. Um, but the classic, like, of the there's you know those couple mid major, low major teams that are like 12 and 19 that make it or whatever because they made a run in the tournament. But Michigan's got to be record wise the worst Power Five team ever. Definitely not to be in a playing game for sure. Yeah, yeah. I just found that Vandy team. I, they were 19 and 15 after the tournament the SEC tournament. Uh, so they ended 19 and 16. Yeah. I think the three games over 500 is like the really rare mark. Yeah. That's insane. Insane. I wasn't sure, it was great I wasn't too. sure what you were looking at. I thought maybe a bird was flying into your window or something. No, I got my, my second screen with all my information's over here. That's, that's where I go I to. St- I still can't believe I, I've never seen that before. That bird <laughs> full on head first into my window. It's like, what did I guess I just, I have my blinds open for the first time in a while. Maybe they just got excited. Anyway, um, <laughs> we got we're, two, we got two games closer to the, to, yeah. to my favorite part of the show. Okay. We got two <laughs> games left. All right. Illinois Chattanooga. This has been a big, you know, in the people I know, we're Chicago guys, people I know, this is a big, like, Hey, Chattanooga money line. This is a big upset team, which I don't really understand. Go. I, I wanted to like Chattanooga coming into the tournament. I like their formula as an underdog. They play slow. They can make a bunch of threes. Shortening the game as an underdog is always a, a good option. Minimize the talent gap that uh, bears out over a bunch of possessions. But Illinois is a tough team to bet against uh, in a tournament setting because they've got a monster big man. They've got shooters and then multiple guys in the backcourt that can make plays late. Frazier is, I think the ball should be in Frazier's hands late, not Corbello. I don't think that's probably a hot take at all, but <laughs> it, it needs to be. Um, and Chattanooga, although they have some, some shot makers in their backcourt too, uh, Smith and Jean Baptiste are remarkable. This just isn't the matchup for them. Unfortunately, I, I might end up taking Chattanooga plus the points because seven and a half is a decent amount, but I am, I'm not picking Chattanooga to win in my bracket. I think it's going to be really tough for them to win outright. Illinois is my favorite team, and we'll talk about 
distances and rounds that we think these teams will go into. But like Illinois is my favorite team out of the Big Ten to make a run. The only thing that I think is holding them back is like, and it's uh, going to sound like a hater when I'm not trying to be a hater, but like Underwood, like he, I don't know, I don't know how great he is. You know, like ultimate recruiter, ultimate hype man. Everyone loves playing for him. There's no doubt he's awesome. They won the Big Ten, but like he hasn't had a ton of success. Like like my man. Um, Holman, I mean, like, hasn't had the most success in March, got outcoached last year against Loyola. You know, like, um, this team is incredible. Like you said, Kofi's unbelievable. Their best player is Trent Frazier, and and he's not even up for any player of the year awards. You know, like, we talk about that all the time on the show. Um, I'm as big of a Trent Frazier fan as, as there is in this world. I, he should have a statue and a, and a jersey retired in, in Champaign. But I, I love Illinois. I think that they're going to go as uh, the furthest of any team. Um, out of the Big Ten. Granted, I don't know how Illinois. I think Chattanooga also is awesome. But uh, like you said, I, I doesn't lend themselves to like you know to 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 a team like Chattanooga. It's a bad matchup, like you said. Like I just Illinois is just a, they they've got big plans. Like I, I just they've got two nine-year seniors like they have big plans like i i, I believe in them and i hate that because me and andrew i mean like we're two illinois guys who don't like illinois all our fans like illinois we don't want to say these things but i'm a believer in them unfortunately so we shall see our friends not our fans our friends, friends. no you said fans <laughs> i got a lot of fans andrew i'm sorry <laughs> um all right the big one jim this is why we brought you on because we want to get angry at you we need oh, someone I to be negative on this show and we need someone to be like, we told you, Jim Rue, you were lo- you were wrong. But Ohio- <laughs> That's fair. I'll, I will wear that. I'll wear that. Ohio State Loyola. Ohio State is one to one and a half, kind of going both ways, underdog. I see that, and I think, wow, when's the last time we had an Ohio State money line opportunity, Joey? But, Jim, what do you see? Because I'm guessing that's not what you see. Yeah, I, I'm concerned about this Ohio State team. I did not like the trajectory that they took at the end of the year. The defense is bad again. It was kind of their undoing last year. I, I was on a show right after Selection Sunday, and I said, well, well, Holtman's never lost in the first round of the tournament, so that's probably a safe bet. And the other guy was like, they lost to a 15 seed last year. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, never mind. Shut me down real quick. <laughs> um, and you mentioned uh, Illinois going against Loyola last year. Like, this is basically the same roster besides Crutwig. Uh, it's a different coach, but he was on the staff. Uh, I think he, he knows the – the levers to pull with this team in the postseason. They were excellent in the Missouri Valley tournament. I think if you throw Williamson on Branham, that kind of takes away the one perimeter creator that Ohio State has. I don't know if Uguak can guard Liddell. Nobody really can guard Liddell. He could have 30, but I just trust Loyola more in this setting at this point. That's that's where I've landed. I, I literally can't. I don't disagree with anything you said. I, obviously, we're homers, and we're just going to stick to that. The reason I really do – there's a couple things that jump out to me and, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Cause obviously I'm old Mr. Ultra positive. Like I, I hate it, but like, how could I not be about Ohio state? You're spot on the trajectory stinks. It's scary. Blah, 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 whatever. A couple things that I like about this matchup for Ohio state. Number one, you look at the two coaches, obviously Holman hasn't had a ton of success in March. Valentine's first year in March. He's a young guy. Like, who knows in the first game of his tournament career what that's going to look like. So that's first and foremost. I think you got to lean Holtman, whether you like the guy or not, everyone listening to this freaking show, whether you want the guy fired or not, which is insane to even say out loud. 
Um, I, I know it's crazy, Jim. People want him fired. It's, it's I, I'll take him at Mizzou. I'll take yeah, him in right? a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will. I've been saying that, but we'll get to that later. Okay. Oh, God, I, that would be my nightmare. But anyway, um, uh, whether you like the guy or not, the coaching falls towards Ohio State, I'd say, just purely based on this guy be, it being his rookie game. Um, Loyola does not rebound the ball well. Um, that's been Ohio State's Achilles heel when they play these big athletic teams. Like, yeah, it's an advantage for EJ Liddell on offense, but then when we get on defense, we can't rebound. Um, you're looking at a game where maybe we don't have Zed Key. I really think we definitely won't have Kyle Young. Um, okay, that was going to be my question to you guys, if, if those guys yeah, are going to be back. I would say Zed Key has like a 70% chance of playing, and Kyle's probably 50-50. And like, you know, Kyle's got a concussion. Like, that's just tricky. You wake up every day and you just have no clue. Whereas Zed's got an ankle, and like, you can at least – if you have an 80% ankle, you can at least give them 10 minutes. If you have an 80% concussion, like you're not cleared to play, you yeah. know? So without those two guys playing, the fact that Loyola doesn't rebound a super high level, I love that. You couple that with the fact that Loyola plays slow. Um, obviously, Ohio State would like it to be an up and down game, I think, like in terms of how they, how, how they would like to play in general. But the fact that Ohio State's going to have a really short bench, only really one true big guy playing, um, I think that that helps because then EJ's not tired, Malachi's not tired, Jamar's not tired, guys who are probably going to play 40 minutes uh, come come Friday night. I, I think that helps in that. And then last but not least, like as great as a guy like Williamson is, uh, Norris, like they're, they're great players. They don't scare me like Big Ten guards do. You know, they don't scare me like guys who are just going to break you down, beat you one-on-one, go score, which is we've struggled guarding literally the ball. Like, we can't guard the ball. <laughs> like, Justin Arns, Cedric Russell, they can't guard the guy in front of them. Um, as bad as our rotations have been on ball screen, like, we can play a zone, but we can't guard the basketball one-on-one, which has been Holtman's MO since day one. Now, all of a sudden, we just can't guard the basketball. So, the fact that Brady Norris – is not going to sit there and let, take Jamari Wheeler in the post and break him down one-on-one. Like that is that lends to Ohio state. So all that to be said, my final thought is in March when it's this close, the way that I like to go and it's different than you, Jim, obviously, because you're picking Loyola is Ohio state's got the two best players on the court. That's got to count for something when in this close of a game. So that's the way I kind of look at it um, at the end of the day. And that is, as unbiased as I can be in terms of how I see this shaking out. I will. I, I agree. They do have the two best players on the court. Like I'm not going to try to say Williamson's a better player than Branham. Uh, Liddell, obviously the number one guy in the court. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I buy that argument. I, 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 last year I thought, uh, I guess Crutwig was really good, but maybe uh, Georgia tech had the best players on the floor. Moses Wright didn't play though. So maybe that's a bad argument. Yep. I'll give it to you. I, I, I'm sticking with Loyola, but here's, I understand it. Here's my concern, Joey. My concern is that Ohio state was got a lot of concerns, Andrew. So well, my, my concerns that haven't been mentioned were <laughs> Ohio state was like a buzzer beater against Akron and a overtime win against Indiana loss instead of win away from not being a seven seed, you know? So like when you just look at the seeds, I don't love the, I know you could say that about any team, but like, I don't love the, like, I don't think it's a seven versus 10 matchup. And that's true in the fact. It is a seven versus 10 matchup. Ohio state should be a 10 and Loyola should be a seven. Right. I mean, (laughs) I don't think Ohio state is a true seven seed, which is reflected by the spread, which is 
what worries me. That's fine. We lost to the two worst teams in the Big Ten at the end of the year. Like that's why we're that's why we're a seven seed, not because of not because of almost losing to Indiana and almost losing to Akron. Like we are playing bad. No, what I'm, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, you know, before those games, like everything looked different. Like this is this. If you look at every single thing from the whole season, as and we looked into every game and everything all year, like there were some low points outside of just the you know two most recent. And, and Jim, thanks for coming on the show because now we're doing the, the regular show without you on here. But um, <laughs> uh, to counter you, and then we'll get into the last few points to counter you, Andrew. Like there's been some pretty stinking high points. Also, we beat Duke, we beat Illinois on the road, like. I mean, we beat Wisconsin, murdered them. Like, there's some yeah. pretty high points as well. So, I uh, thank you for being Devil's Advocate. But every single team in March, right, Jim? Like, every team has these close call. Like, think about Auburn. Auburn like was on the ropes for four straight weeks. And, yep. you know, they almost lost to my Tigers, man. You can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. They're bad on the road. They're bad on the road. Yeah, yeah. They need the jungle. They need the jungle. But Jim, I, I we've talked about uh, the big time. I think it's it's pretty certain we've got the same teams that we think are going to go far. We talked about that already. Let's take it outside the Big Ten maybe here for a second. Who are some other sleeper teams that you like? Maybe a few upset money lines that you like. Maybe some teams that are studs that are just going to roll all tournament long. What are, what are you looking at? Uh, I think the, the 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 hyper on Virginia Tech is pretty real after the ACC run, but I like their draw. I, I just am not picking up what this Texas team's putting down, hmm. and Purdue's defense is is certainly worthy of skepticism as well. Uh, teams with their metrics just don't typically advance very far. Uh, and then elsewhere, I the spreads come down a little bit, but I think Vermont is going to give Arkansas everything they can handle. Uh, it's down from six to five, but potentially a money line look there uh that's mostly it I, i'm not too far out on limbs with with upsets yet this year but i've got a long time to go uh, still through the bracket i i've filled out i'll show it to you guys i've got through like very few of my my na- names are filled in haven't even gotten to the sweet 16 yet is so loyola a lot is loyola filled in yes it <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the one of the games um, <laughs> Uh, Jim, I've got my lock of the century. Like, please use this when you guys do your shows and stuff like this is serious. I, I have never been, I've never felt stronger about anything. Vermont first half, whether you want to take it spread or money. Oh, yeah, matter. no, I love that. Colgate won the first half against them last year. And I, then just I, Arkansas I, can wear I, them down. I've, Arkansas never is leading at halftime. I swear. It's like, I don't know if it's just a luck of me flipping to their games on ESPN. Uh, Vermont is so, they're so good. Like there's, will they win the game? I don't know. Arkansas is awesome, but they will be in the game, whether it's leading or down by two or whatever case. In last year's tournament, yeah, I, I love that. I, yeah, last year's tournament, they're down by ten in like exactly. every game and still like made just, the elite eight. Yeah. And this year was this. It's just that's like they're like think about the Muslim teams of the past too. Like Nevada was down like 27 to Cincinnati or whatever. And then came back and won. Like, yep. that's just, that's just their, like, that's just how they operate. They like, like to be behind like Muslims, like, Ooh, we got them right where we want them. We're down 12 with eight minutes left. Like it's, it's hilarious. So that's my, that's my, I don't even know what to call it. Lock of the century. Like that just yep. lock in the first half of the first games. <laughs> I buy it. <laughs> 
Oh man, but yeah, I, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm all over that. I Vermont that just peaked. It just that's like got, the one that I like. I got one final question for you, but first I want to point out something kind of interesting. Last year, the games were Friday, Saturday, and Ohio State had the first game on the first day on Friday. Technically, Ohio State plays at the same day, same time this year. First game on Friday. Just important to note if you want to write it down. Don't know if it's good. Don't know if it's bad, but (laughs) crazy. Spooky. And then my question for you, got to get a little Mizzou minute in here. You went to Mizzou, of course. I went to Mizzou. My question is not who you think they're going to get as a coach. My question is, are you going to, are you confident in being happy with whoever they get as a coach? No. And here's why. I, I think there's a lot of awesome names that I'm excited about, but I'm already resigned to the fact that it will be Kim English. And because he's a grad, I think people love the idea of like, we want a Mizzou lifer. And I just, I I don't think that matters at all. I think if you get a guy who's good enough to move on to a better job, that means he won at your program. And I'm very happy about that. I I would be totally fine with that. Uh, A guy with the first year, who was a first year head coach that finished like 500, maybe even below like ninth in the A-10, Give, give me somebody with a better track record at that level. That's the one hire that I would be bummed about. I'll, if he's hired, I'll get behind him. But before it happens, I'm I'm cautioning against it. What about Tom Crane? No. I, anybody that's been fired in the SEC in the last 10 years, no thanks. What so, if they won six Anthony games Grant, this year? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's appealing. <laughs> what if they lost to Mizzou this year? Then you, then you want to miss Yeah, that's immediate disqualification from consideration. <laughs> Would Kim English be better than Kim Anderson? Yes, 100%. <laughs> Would you guys be the first team in NCAA history to have two coaches named Kim within the last 10 years? Has to be, has Absolutely. to be. But, um, all right, last, last question. Jim, we know you're a huge fan of Drive the Lane and you've seen every episode and you know how we end every episode. So this is not for you. This is for all the new listeners that you're bringing by retweeting our show. Um, what we do at the end is we turn the tables on you. This is perfect considering you you host your own show. You know how it is. Um, so we want to turn the tables on you, give you the floor to ask us any questions. We consider ourselves to also be bracketologists. We're also college hoops nerds. We also know everything there is to know about everyone from St. Mary's to Wisconsin. Um, so feel free to fire away. My biggest question was, was key and young status. I, I I'm trying to handicap these games. I need to know if they're going to have their big man rotation. Uh, I, I guess what else would I want to know? Uh, why do people want Holden fired in, in, in 30 seconds? What's the deal? Um, I would, Andrew, you want to take this one or you want me to (laughs) the simple answer that the Ohio state basketball diehard fans say is that it's the football fans that want Holtman fired, which is such a silly concept. It's It's the, it's the only school where the fans of football basketball are split according to Twitter. But I think the, the, the reason that people want Holtman fired is because they're not bad enough to talk about, you know, negative things and they're not really good enough to be like this is a team that can be a national championship oh what should we talk about and complain about on twitter how about the coach because it actually would be a decent topic to talk about so that's my theory is like hey everyone always has to be complaining about something all the time not just ohio state fans on twitter but like everyone in the whole world is always just like complaining me yep. too and uh that's they need something to complain about 
Yeah. My, my, I just would issue the warning of, I promise you it can get worse. I promise you it can. So careful what you wish for. That's been my thing since day one. There's nobody out there better than coach Holman. He's top 20 coach in the country. It, he was interviewing for so many, I mean, like publicly he was called by, you know, like he was approached by like IU, right. We all know that he was approached by UNC. We all know that there's other schools that I know that I'm not going to put on record because um, th- that's not fair to anybody, but like, if you, you know, we have one of the best coaches in the country, like, so uh, I need to preface everything I'm saying by saying like on drive the lane, we in no way want Holtman fired. Like I, hopefully I don't want people to like clip this up in some way that makes me look terrible. Cause like <laughs> we mentioned it a bunch of times and like I was on TV today talking about people thinking Holman should be fired and stuff like it's, it's everywhere, which is just insane and not fair. But why people, Andrew touched on it. All these Ohio state fans are so used to football every single year, having the top recruiting class, being top four in the country, making the playoff, winning the Big Ten. Like, in, in football, it's easier to be successful at a really, really high level than it is for basketball. In basketball, if you make it to the Sweet 16, that is – you. It, some schools hang banners for that. You know, like, yes. like that, that. that's just insane to not think about that. Granted, I'm also realistic, right? Like, I understand the gripes that these people have. No regular season, no tournament championships in the Big Ten, no Sweet 16s yet. All right, that happens. If you look at each individual season, Holtman was unbelievable his first year with a roster that included me as six guys returning, okay? <laughs> you, so that's first and foremost. That's the second year, which is my senior year. You had a guy like me playing meaningful minutes in games, and we went to the NCAA tournament. Like, that, that year we were picked to finish bottom of the Big Ten. We ended up being, like, right in the middle and then winning a game in the NCAA tournament. If that's not a super successful season, I don't know what is. Next year was probably arguably his best year with the most momentum going into the tournament. And they didn't have a tournament. They were going to be a five seed. They were competing to win the Big Ten in the regular season and in the tournament. They would have been a five seed, and they would have been, I think, awesome. Anyway, you move on to the, obviously, the Oral Roberts year. That sucks. I know that's terrible. Like, yeah, there's no excuse for that. But you double it back. Like, we came in second in the Big Ten, and we lost in the championship in overtime to Illinois, who – was a number one seed. Like, yeah. And everybody like, gets upset in the tournament. Bill Self gets upset in the tournament. Uh, Tommy yeah. Zell lost to a 15 seed once. Like, it happens. Do people understand that college basketball is the best sport in the world because the best teams lose every single night? And that's why we yeah. love it. Like, the grass isn't always greener is the final statement I'll make. Coach Holtman, Ohio State is a top 20 job in the country, if not top 10. And Coach Holtman is a top 20 coach, if not top 15. Like, I just... How, I, who, who I, I, I lit the fuse here. I lit the fuse here with that question. <laughs> like you want Patino? Who do you want? Like, <laughs> like who do you, you want Jay Wright and Billy Donovan? Like, no, you're not getting them. You're getting Chris Holtman. Who's a damn good college basketball coach. And like, I would die for that man. Like drive the lane. I'll say it on, I'll put it on record here. Drive the lane is probably gone. If Chris Holtman gets fired at the end of this year. So like, I, I unless, along with my, unless, he goes to Mizzou because then we would have another in. Then, then we start drive the Zolden, and it's a and it's a Mizzou team. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Mizzou podcast instead. <laughs> All right, so I, Jim, thank you. So now we don't have to talk about that in our in our regular part of the show. We have addressed it. You are lunatic. You are a lunatic if you genuinely think Holman should be. We have a top five recruiting class in the country coming in next year. Like, <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, logic does oh, not Dwayne prevail. Washington wasn't supposed to leave. He's supposed to be here. But sorry, our sorry, our coach was awesome and helped him develop in, into an NBA player who had who was seven for seven last night and had 19 points in the first half. Like, sorry. <laughs> Jim, I would have liked I would have liked Ryan Peden at Mizzou if we if I would have known the job would have been available, you know, two weeks ago or a week and a half ago when he took the Illinois State job. I know he's not like as big of a name, but like coming from a program like Ohio State. I would have been excited about that. And of course the connection personally think Holtman's great. Think Mizzou should go with the uh, successful assistant route. That would be my, that would be my choice. That's the way to do it now. I mean, look at Tommy Lloyd. Look, I mean, like, which I guess technically Kim English was a successful assistant, but I mean, a current successful assistant. Jerome Tang's the, the one getting the buzz. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see. All right, Jim. Jim Root, three men. We've oh, we. What's the opposite of overstaying your welcome when you keep someone for too long? We yeah, we, we overstayed your it. invite. I guess you locked the door. You locked yeah, the door. We, on we, it. we <laughs> held you hostage yeah. in this in this Zoom. We held you hostage. Maybe the least fun pod you've been on today, or maybe the most fun. You know, you can. Oh man, I'll I'll send you a rankings once the day's over. We got a long ways to go. We'll probably be. We'll uh, knowing you, we'll probably just get upset by someone later today. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the enemies. The enemy. The line has been drawn. It's been drawn in the same. Hey, 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 man! I told you, I I don't disagree with anything you said. You and you're not not the only one. If you're the only one, I'd be like, screw you, man. Well, you're not the only one Fair. you're far Fair. from it so jim we appreciate you man this was a blast and seriously everybody listening check him out on twitter follow those guys three man leave on twitter they do an awesome job they are in addition to field of 68 and us like well they're a tier above us but like um you gotta follow them to get your march madness fix if you want updates if you want everyone wants to win money follow these guys uh so you win some cash in march um jim you're the man this was a blast and uh hopefully we'll have you on here we'll probably have you on for 10 minutes after ohio state wins if we're being honest yeah, for before before New Orleans, and you guys are headed to the Final Four. I'll hop on. <laughs> we have your word that you'll come on if Ohio State's going to the Final Four. Yep, yep. Scout's honor. It's right. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. All right, we hope you enjoyed that betting conversation with Jim Root of Three Man Weave. A little different type of interview. We really honed in on gambling. We really honed in on the Big Ten. But now we want to tell you a little bit about our bracket. I say we just jump, you know, final four teams that we really like. Not going to go game by game because that'll take another hour and a half. So, Joey, before you give me your final four, who's a team that you don't have the final four that you in the final four that you think could win a few games? Uh, Virginia Tech. Jim talked about it on the show. Love Virginia Tech. Love their style of play for the NCAA tournament and love their matchups. Um, granted, when you beat a team like Duke, is there really a bad matchup for you? You know what I mean? Um, is it really a tough game necessarily, right? So uh, I am a big, big, big fan of, of Virginia Tech. Do you have a team in mind? Every year I do like nine brackets. I'm like, I'm going to do one where Mizzou's in the final four, one where Ohio state wins one with this, but this year I'm, I'm just kind of going a little, little chalk with it. Like my, I don't really have a ton of big upsets. I, I do really like Tennessee though. And I know well, that's, that's, not like, well. that's not like a big surprise or like a, like that's kind of a trendy pick, but I like Tennessee. I like Akron to, you know, maybe be a team to get hot just because I, you know, we base a lot off of th this. These are two things. One P 
people love UCLA because of what they did last year. And of course they were good again this year, but like it's, and this goes against who I took as a champ, but like, it's going to run out. All right. Eventually it's going to run out. So I got, I got some faith in, in Akron in the first round, but then moving to the final four, I guess I kind of go against what I'm saying, which is, I think Gonzaga makes it, makes it back because I think they have an easy road. And I think what they didn't have last year and they have this year is like, they literally, they don't have Kispert, but they have Chet Holmgren and Timmy like is the guy like they're, they're arguably better than last year. Yeah. I, the only thing like their guards are great, but like, are they elite? Like they were last year, you know, like, like, so that's the only thing that I kind of, the only negative, but like that being said, like they're in my final four as well. I think this is maybe the year and we'll get into it that they win it all. Like it is the best chance they've had in a long, long, like better chance than last year to win it all. So I'll give you my final four. I'll give you, I'll give you my elite eight. Let's go. Can we just go, let's just go to the next region and just talk because we have the same one. So like we just, you know, just bounce it back and forth. Like you start in top left, now go to the bottom left. And oh, so you're saying we both have Gonzaga? Yeah. Like Gonzaga, like I don't think Duke is, I like Texas Tech there. Oh, I get what you're saying. Duke, like I actually, I actually like Duke because I think, I think, Duke. I think Paulo kind of like they've just, they've, they've disappointed a lot. And I they think they're not going to, they, they've got, they've ran out of disappointments. I think they're due. They're due for an appointment. <laughs> okay. I, I respect that. A disappointment. I, I don't know if you can tell, but a lot of my, like my advice and gambling and picks on this specific episode is like, I'm done picking based off what I think I know. And I'm just going to trust the universe and say like, Hey, coach K for whatever reason has gotten lucky and successful his whole life. Not this year. So he is due. He is due something. So I think he's due a run to the final four. Okay. And I have a future bet on Duke to win it all. There was like a, I bet something and I got $10 back. Like one of those, one of those bet river specials or something. So then I just, so then I just uh, put it on Duke to win. So like, I like that. I like that. That could, you know, they could get to the elite eight and I could cash out for 80 or 90. You know, I like that kind of stuff. Not that we gamble, but, but so I, yeah, I like the guy. Yeah. I mean, like we had to have a guy talk about gambling. We know so little. So right. I, I like Duke a lot. And I, you know, we talked about Arkansas with, with Jim, but like, I, I think Arkansas is, is pretty good. And I think they have like, I have a, they're, they're, they're going to be losing at halftime. That's all I know. Yeah. I have, I have a Gonzaga, Arkansas, like, I also think Rutgers, if they beat Notre Dame, will be in a good game against Texas Tech. Like, there's so many picks that, like, ah, fucking hate March Madness, but there's so many picks where it's like, I know it's going to be the other one, but I got Duke coming out of there. You said you have Texas Tech. I like Gonzaga and Texas Tech just because Tech, talk about done it before. They, they've done it before in the same sort of fashion where they don't have any insane players, but like they just win. They're built to win in March. That being said, they could easily lose in the sweet 16 as well. I didn't get that. Oh my God. My series going nuts today. Um, I told you I have a very chalk, like a very, very chalk. Mine's right? pretty chalk too. Yeah. Like I think, I think moving to the East, like I, I got the one and two, I got Baylor and Kentucky. I have one and two in the West and the one and two in the East. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, uh, the the way I have it, I haven't even filled out my bracket yet. I I know who I like. 
Um, I have a bracket filled out, but it's just like for work and I just did it just to do it. Um, in the East, I, I Baylor's the worst number one, but I think their road is fairly easy unless they play like, like it's so funny. They just will dismantle in North Carolina, but like, I'm afraid if they play Marquette, like what you're saying, um, look at the bottom, like Kentucky, if they play a Murray state, I'm not really worried. If they play uh, San Francisco, I think it could be interesting, I, which, which is just talking about what you're talking about. Um, you look at a ton of different things. Virginia Tech, if they make it and play Kentucky, I like Virginia Tech just because I told you I love Virginia Tech. They're my darling, my sleeper team of this year. But All that being said, I've got I've got Baylor playing Kentucky, chalk like you, with Kentucky winning. I, I have the same. So okay. just to recap, we both have Kentucky and Gonzaga and Gonzaga. Correct. Yeah. So this I'm jumping around a little bit. But I didn't say this when we were talking with Jim, but like, I think LSU is in trouble because they don't have their coach. See, but I think that's something that the team would like rally behind. So. Well, but let me, let me, I agree. But what I'm saying about that is like, I think they could easily lose because they don't have their coach. And then all of a sudden Wisconsin has like such an easy second round game against 11 seed, such an easy, obviously take that with a grain of salt. One time we said that about TBT when we got like 50, replies about how rude we were but what i'm saying is like all of a sudden wisconsin has like a very easy road to the sweet 16 and i have the least amount of faith in them of all the big 10 teams like it's just kind of funny how luck and things work i I, wisconsin i just don't see them going far but i don't know who they lose to exactly like i don't see them lose if they play if really ls either way lsu or uh both those teams stink yeah so whatever, I, should we just talk? I guess we'll just go bottom right then and talk about the Midwest. Um, I mean, you know what I have. Yeah, I. Um, yeah, I mean, I have Kansas versus Auburn, and Auburn beating Kansas just because I don't know. Kansas is kind of due for a run. They were probably my preseason team to win it all, um, but like Auburn, just like they've got a dude. They are great on defense. Their guards suck. But, like, they play a style of play where they're never going to be tired. They're going to go for – like, I, I just kind of like that. So, that's why – the only team that – the only thing is, like, Iowa. I love Iowa. Um, so, like, I, I would – I will have a bracket where Iowa is going to the Elite Eight, if not the Final Four. But I'm going chalk again. Like, I hate doing this. I do this every year. I go chalk every year, and it's never right. So, but so I have – I have Iowa Auburn in that matchup and the, I, I like Auburn like Jabari Smith. I said this with Jim, like they, they don't really win away from home. And if they do win, it's close. Um, example one, as Jim was saying, Mizzou, they beat them by like one or two and they were trailing the whole game. But like we're saying, it's all about matchups. All of a sudden they face, they could face a Wisconsin team that we don't have a ton of faith in, in the sweet 16. So I have Auburn, Iowa, because just like you're saying Jabari Smith, like they got a dude like Keegan Murray is a dude. And I'm – Oh, my God. He's the dutiest dude. He's the dutiest of all. He should use dude wipes. He's he. I think EJ Liddell might be more duty than Keegan Murray, but in a different way. But Keegan Murray is just a – Keegan Murray, like, hasn't disappointed one time in any the game. The thing is, like, like – and this is such an unbelievable stretch. Like, I don't even know if I agree with myself when I'm saying this. Like, does Keegan Murray, like, ever, like, really create his own bucket – 
Like, that's the only thing. Like, he makes catch-and-shoot threes. He finishes around the rim. He's awesome in transition. He, he's so athletic. He can go coast-to-coast. But does he, like, post up, throw the ball like EJ does, hit a fadeaway? Like, does he – you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's all. I, I, agree, I agree with you. But I just – he does the other things maybe better than EJ. You could argue, maybe maybe not, maybe not finish around the rim and defense, obviously. But like he is a he's a freaking knockdown shooter. Like there were so many threes in the in the game against Indiana and the game against. Uh, well, he's humble. I don't. I take everything. I love him. But there were so many threes where I was like, "There's just no way that shot's going in," and they all went in. So I got I got Iowa coming out of there beating Auburn, and then the last one. I mean, I I have. I have Arizona again, very chalk, but what I do have, which I think is cool is I'm high on Illinois, similar to you. I don't think they're going to lose to chat first round, um, but I, I like, I got Arizona, Illinois rematch in the sweet 16. It's funny when people say rematch, because it's like rematch from 15, 17 years ago. But it's also a rematch from earlier this year. They right. This year. Right. So I got an Arizona, Illinois rematch and then i got arizona tennessee in the elite eight and i i I think either one of those teams can win but then i got arizona so i got arizona versus iowa and i got gonzaga versus kentucky okay yeah i i have arizona as well i've got arizona versus auburn arizona winning shout out to my boy rem all he does is win then i've got Kentucky versus Gonzaga. As much as I love Kentucky this year, I've got Kentucky. So I'm Kentucky versus Arizona, and we differ a little bit there. Yeah, I'm Gonzaga versus Arizona with Gonzaga winning. And I'm Kentucky versus Arizona with Kentucky winning. Another sleeper team that I didn't mention, UAB. I like UAB also. Jelly. I agree. When's the last time the number one overall seed won? Do you know off the top of your head? Anthony Davis, Kentucky team, maybe. Like was Virginia was Virginia the number one overall seed the year after losing to UMBC? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean it, it happens. It happens a lot. And Gonzaga was number one. I just Gonzaga has to win one. They actually they have to. Like they they literally have to. Or Holtman's gonna get fired. I think. <laughs> Wait, you're frozen. Oh my, that was funny though. Thank um, you. Yeah, I whatever it's crazy it, it, it's it's insane so we'll see we're so far off on all this stuff there's no way we're right but take our advice with a grain of salt no i i actually think i'm gonna get a perfect bracket i i we, we tweeted this out earlier i'm just gonna go over it real quick um we've had some fire tweets the last few days but um there are 63 games in march madness the number of possible outcomes for bracket is two to the 63rd power or a really long number. I'm not going to say that's 9.2 quintillion. In case you were wondering, one quintillion <laughs> is 1 billion billions. <laughs> hey, kings and you little kings and queens out there, this is your year for, for a perfect bracket. Yep. Amen. Amen. Andrew, it's been a pleasure. It's officially March. Yeah. I mean, like now it's March madness. We've had quite the run. The next time we will be on the show is knowing if Ohio State has won or lost, which is scary. Um, They could be still playing when we record our next episode. It could be a recap of the season. Regardless, thank you all for following along. Um, And this is going to be a fun march. With or without the Buckeyes, it's going to be a fun march, and we'll be bringing you coverage all tournament long. We're like, we, we sound like defeated. You sound defeated, Joey. Well, I'm a little sad, Andrew, because I'm sad that the season's kind of might be over. And I'm sad that people don't know what they're talking about, but want to talk hoops on Twitter. That's all.
Well, I think I nailed it by saying people just want something to complain about. Yeah, no, you're right. You're not wrong. That's for damn sure. You're not wrong. All right. Buckle up. Drive the lane. Go Buckeyes. Sister Jean, you're going down!